This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The Election Registration Information Center, which is also known as ERIC, is now responding to the questions that were raised by Alabama Secretary of State Wes Allen last week. The Daily Detail and 1819 News both reported on what Allen had found when he was in Washington, D.C. recently and went to the physical address for Eric that is listed on the group's website. Allen says there were no Eric employees or servers at the brick-and-mortar building and that he wanted to know where all the information is being stored. The executive director for Eric, Shane Hamlin, spoke with 1819 News saying that the group has always been a virtual company and that the Washington, D.C. address was used for mailing purposes only. Hamlin says that Eric uses a data center that's based out of D.C. to store the information, and all the employee and staff work remotely from different parts of the United States. Eric is contracted by dozens of states right now to maintain their voter rolls. However, Allen has removed the state of Alabama from that organization out of concern for citizens' personal information, as well as the main startup funding behind Eric as a nonprofit. Well, the state of Alabama will be proceeding further with death row inmate executions after a top-to-bottom review of the execution process here in the state is now completed. A.G. Marshall says that his office has already taken steps to submit inmate names to the state Supreme Court in order to obtain dates and execution papers. Marshall also said he's pleased that the review by the Alabama Department of Corrections is over and that his office remains fully committed to carrying out capital punishment for crimes that are so heinous and cruel that the only just punishment is death. The review was ordered by Governor Ivey at the end of 2022 after two attempted lethal injections had to be called off due to failure to find a proper vein for administering the drug cocktail within the time that was allotted by the courts. A nurse anesthetist continues to sound the alarm on so-called medical marijuana and dispensaries that are setting up here in Alabama. Christine Carr has been a nurse for 27 years and works with Drug-Free Alabama. She spoke on a video conference call with residents of the city of Jasper after the city council approved business licenses for dispensaries to operate within the city limits. Carr says there's very little difference between medical marijuana and the recreational marijuana that is allowed in other states like Colorado. Carr also says that states that have loosened their stance on marijuana in the past years also now have data showing that the drug is deleterious to young people's health in several ways. Carr is advocating for stricter rules to be placed on the dispensaries here in Alabama and how they operate within the cities who have already opted in for handing out business licenses. Austal USA and the U.S. Navy took part in a ship christening that occurred this past weekend. The EPF-14 aircraft carrier was christened after Cody, Wyoming. So now the USNS Cody is the first of its kind transport medical facility to bring life-saving support to U.S. sailors and Marines. That medical ship was manufactured entirely in the port city by Austal USA, and it took three years to build. Today is part two of a conversation that The Daily Detail had with Birmingham Pastor Matt Mason on his recent visit to Asbury University in Kentucky during the two-week revival among the college students there. Last Friday, Mason said he's been to other events that get co-opted by attention seekers and thus get derailed from their original purpose. He also talked about how college campuses have played a part in revival history here in the U.S. and what was a common factor among all of them. Apparently, uh, college revivals is, is 
uh, is a big part of the story of God's move here in the States over the past couple hundred years. You know, revivals at Yale in, in 1757 and Dartmouth in 1781 and another one at Yale and Princeton and Williams and Hampton, Sydney in 83. And I mean, just all these things all the way through the late 1700s into the 800s. I mean, Yale just got hit four or five times. Like lightning was striking that place mm. over and over. And it was happening in college. Uh, just in these, these students who were hungry for the Lord. I heard somebody point out, which is an interesting observation. Uh, and he, he was a kind of revival scholar that oftentimes revivals come when there's a combination of a, a yearning for God, but it's also met with a, um, a moment of great difficulty in the culture. Uh, so kind of this, oh, oh, and another one would be kind of the church is at a low ebb. Okay. So the church is waning or anemic in some ways, and there's great strife and despair in the culture. And so often in history, those are moments where the Spirit comes. Mason encountered authentic signs of this from the moment he landed on the college campus. So when I got there, uh, I just, I wasn't planning to take notes, but as I walked on campus, I made immediate observations that I didn't want to forget. The first thing that I heard when we walked onto campus, the chapel service was being projected outdoors as well as inside. And the very first words that I heard from inside that room was someone praying that, uh, quote, we as a generation would rid ourselves of bondage to pornography. And I thought, okay, I like that. <laughs> like, I like our already, like my first sound that I heard is mm. a sound of repentance. We will continue this conversation with Pastor Matt Mason tomorrow. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Well, this week is starting out with some major stories being brought by national media outlets. First, the New York Times is reporting on the silent enslavement of illegal miners who are being trafficked across the U.S.-Mexico border by cartels. The article details numerous cases where underage children were brought across the border without their parents and are now being exploited by their sponsors and employed in factories that are unsafe and violating child labor laws. The report lists kids as young as 12 being placed near dangerous conveyor belts, gears, and machinery in their manual labor jobs. Some of these children are putting in 12-hour days after they first go to school. What makes it worse is that the U.S. government and the Biden administration know that these children are here in the U.S. and are losing track of where all they're going. The Department of Health and Human Services is required to follow up on these children, but the New York Times is reporting that they saw data from the HHS It shows more than 85,000 children could not be found or contacted just a few months after they were placed with a sponsor. And in another story, the group known as Judicial Watch out of Washington, D.C., has sued for documents from the Department of Health and Human Services. Judicial Watch now says that they've received 221 pages of records that reveal grant applications for gain-of-function research on bats and efforts to genetically modify the SARS-CoV molecular strains into a chimeric virus. All of these docs and communications were done between the National Institute of Health and the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. Officials from within the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases wrote in emails about their support and grant money given to scientists like Peter Daszak, Ralph Barrick, and EcoHealth Alliance, all of which have been connected to working with coronaviruses and gain-of-function efforts. And if that's not enough to get your head spinning, the Wall Street Journal has also put out an article about the U.S. Department of Energy 
and their conclusion that the COVID-19 pandemic most likely occurred from a lab leak, not a wet market virus spillover in China. The intelligence report from the Department of Energy was delivered to the members of Congress as well as the White House. The report also says that the intelligence community has varying judgments on the origins of the coronavirus. The FBI also believes it was caused by an accidental lab leak at a Chinese lab, while four other agencies continue to suggest that it's natural transmission from bats to humans, and two agencies remain undecided. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan did not comment on this recent report from the Department of Energy when he appeared on CNN on Sunday. However, Republican Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska did speak to NBC. So I think we need to do extensive hearings. I hope our Democratic colleagues in the Congress can support that. I know the Republicans in the House are certainly supportive of that. But I think if that happens, we need to make sure every country in the world knows this. Look, this is a country that has no problem coming out and lying to the world. We just saw that with this Chinese spy balloon. It's the nature of a communist dictatorship to lie to their own people, to lie to the world. But I think that we need to make sure every country knows that and then look at what the consequences could be. Obviously, millions of deaths, huge economic impacts. And it would once again show that the Chinese Communist Party is not only a menace, But the nature of these regimes is to lie to the world, and we need to make that clear to people. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 